0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket. So you're
1: actually better off pulling the money out and buying the real estate than if you left it in the IRA And you get the leverage and you get an additional $100,000 of tax benefit, which will more than offset your 10% penalty.
0: Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally... Look at what you've, the deal you've got, and assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, All you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at EasternEQ.com and his phone number, 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And first off, I hope you're having a best ever weekend because today is Saturday. We got a special segment for you called Situation Saturday and the focus of our conversation today is is how the new tax plan can benefit real estate investors. Whether you like or don't like the president, well, there was a new tax plan, so we all gotta deal with the tax plan, and what are the ways we can benefit from that as real estate investors? So we're gonna be talking to Tom Wheelwright, who has been on the show before, and really grateful to have him as a guest. Again, how you doing, Tom? Good, how are you, Joe? I am doing well, and nice to have you back on the show. A little bit about Tom, he is a CPA and CEO, Of Wealth Ability. He's the best selling author of Tax Free Wealth. What an incredible, incredible book. Please go buy that. Save yourself some money. I highly recommend that book. He's also a rich dad advisor. He specializes in helping entrepreneurs and investors build wealth through practical and strategic ways that permanently reduce taxes. And you might recognize his name from the show because. Oh, about 1,000-plus days ago, it was actually episode 387, I interviewed Tom, and the title of the episode is Rich Dad Advisor Tom Wheelwright says your IRA plan is wrong and how to be tax-free till you die, so episode 387 if you want to listen to that. So with that being said, Tom, will you give the best-ever listeners a little bit of a refresher of your background, and then we'll roll right into the tax plan?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. Went to the University of Utah. I have a Bachelor of Arts in Accounting from the University of Utah. Then received my Master's of Tax from the University of Texas down in Austin. Spent seven years with Ernst & Young, including three years in the National Tax Office in Washington, D.C. I actually was there the last time we had major tax reform back in 1986. And what I did there was teach CPAs, actually, how to help their clients reduce taxes. And then I spent four years as the in-house tax advisor for a Fortune 500 company and 25 years with my own CPA firm. And then we launched WelpAbility in January to really expand the number of people we can serve. So we've actually created a network of CPAs that within the next couple of years that will span the globe, we have people in Australia, we have people in South Africa, and of course, throughout the United States. So very exciting. I have the great privilege of traveling the world with Mr. Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad Poor Dad. And we actually headed to South Africa and then on to Australia. So it's always fun to be with Robert and be on stage and talk about taxes, which are pretty much the same around the world.
0: That's interesting. I'm surprised they're pretty much the same around the world. I just assume that certain countries would not be as favorable to real estate as United States is because... I think that the United States is very favorable to real estate.
1: I would say that the United States is probably the most favorable to real estate. All countries are favorable to real estate investing because all countries use the tax law as incentives for doing what the government wants done. And that includes building housing. That includes building commercial buildings. So where the U.S. is particularly beneficial, where other countries aren't, is that we get tax benefits for used Property, not just new property, so many countries allow depreciation only on new property and not on used property. We actually take depreciation over and over and over again, which is a pretty interesting benefit when you think about it.
0: I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I could see how it would make sense to only do depreciation on new property, not a, but let's not say that too loudly, right?
1: <laughs> and in fact, in this new tax law, we got additional tax benefits for used property that we've never had before. So we actually are going the other direction. We're getting more and more aggressive with real estate. Of course, it helps when your president is a real estate investor. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, absolutely. There might be some alignment of interest there with what he was doing. So talking about the new tax plan, what are some ways that we can benefit as real estate investors? What do we need to know about?
1: It's pretty amazing actually what happened. So one of the biggest new tax benefits is bonus depreciation. Bonus depreciation means that you can deduct 100% of the purchase price in the year you purchase things that are subject to bonus depreciation. Historically, bonus depreciation only applied to new equipment. So it was really aimed at manufacturing. This year, now beginning September 27th, anything purchased after September 27th of 2017, now what we have is used property and it applies to more than just your basic equipment. So you think about when you buy a property, and you're buying investment property, and you're really buying four things, essentially. You're buying the land, which we all know doesn't depreciate. You're buying the building, which continues to depreciate at the same rates that it has in the past. But you're also buying the land improvements, like the landscaping, the outdoor lighting, outdoor structures, things like that. And you're buying The contents of the building, which might include even ceiling fans, window coverings, a lot of the electrical in the building that's commercial. So those last two things, the land improvements and the contents, are subject to bonus depreciation. So if you look at the typical residential real estate, you're going to be at about 30% if you do a cost segregation, which that's what you have to do to take advantage of this. You need to do a cost segregation, which you should be doing anyway. But you do it, you hire a CPA and an engineer to go out and do a cost segregation on your property, and they come up with a percentage of the property that is contents and a percentage that's land improvements. When they do that, whatever that is, and typically that's on a residential property is going to rate around 30%, on a commercial property even more. When they do that, that 30% is entirely deductible the year you bought the building. So let's say you go out and buy a small million dollar building. That's not a big project. You got to buy this million dollar project. That means that you essentially could end up with a $300,000 deduction the year you bought it.
0: Just in this one aspect of taking the bonus depreciation, not including operations or anything else.
1: That's right. That is just a depreciation. $300,000 on a million dollar building. It means this much. The last time I was on the show, I talked about IRAs. And you know, I feel about owning real estate and IRAs. Really a bad idea because you don't get the leverage like you can and you don't get the tax benefits, right? None of this bonus depreciation, by the way, if you buy it in an IRA, you don't get any of that because an IRA gets no tax benefits outside of deferral. So let's say that you've got money tied up in an IRA. You go, I'd really like to buy real estate. But man, when I pull it out, I'm going to pay taxes on that and I'm going to pay a 10% penalty because I'm under 59 and a half. Well, look at this. Let's say that you've got $200,000. You pull that out, you go buy a million-dollar building. So the $200,000 is going to be taxed. However, you're getting a $300,000 deduction. You bought a million-dollar building, you got a $300,000 deduction. So you're actually better off pulling the money out and buying the real estate than if you left it in the IRA and you get the leverage and you get an additional $100,000 tax benefit, which will more than offset your 10% penalty. So literally the very first year, you're better off pulling the money out of the IRA. You're not going to pay the tax because you're going to get this big deduction.
0: Yep. So you mentioned the 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half. What are they being taxed at? Is that just depend on what their tax rate is?
1: Yeah, so you have your tax rate. If your tax rate is 25%, then you're going to get a 25% tax on that $200,000 or $50,000. But then on top of that, you get a 10% penalty.
0: Got it. So we got bonus depreciation. And as you mentioned, you must do a cost segregation to take advantage. So if we're buying a $100,000 house, does this help us at all? Oh my heavens, yes. You do a cost segregation.
1: By the way, there are online, really inexpensive, good online technology for doing the cost segregation yourself on a small property like a single family home. So you go and do that. It's like 400 bucks. And now you've got a $100,000 home that you're going to get a $30,000 deduction. It's huge. It's huge. It's absolutely astronomically huge.
0: Do you know off top of your head, do you know the online resource for that?
1: I do. It's uh, kbkg.com. kbkg.com is a really good one. We have just had a number of clients use it just this year. And they really liked it. It only applies to small, fourplex or below. Mm. And pretty much under a million dollars. So it can't be a big property.
0: So I own three single family homes, all worth around 150000 And they're long-term holds for me. Should I do this? Absolutely.
1: No question. So let's say you're not getting the bonus depreciation. Let's say you bought it three years ago.
0: Yeah, I did. Long time ago. That's
1: okay. Because you get to catch up your depreciation. So take that number, for example. Let's say you've got 20% of the property is contents, which is pretty typical when you do a cost segregation. So that means you've got $20,000. Well, let's use your $150,000 home. $30,000 on $150,000 home. So you got $30,000 that should have been depreciated over five years. And in fact, you've been depreciating it over 27 and a half years. Well, what happens is when you do a cost segregation, the year you do it, you get to catch up your depreciation. So if you've owned that property for three years, you should have taken 60%. It's actually more than that. It's closer to 70%. You should have taken 70% depreciation on that $30,000. And what you really took was 10. Mm -hmm. So what you're going to get is 60% of that $30,000, which is an $18,000 deduction. So your tax rates, what $18,000 deduction means to you, but it's a gift from the government. Why wouldn't you do it? Mm -hmm.
0: And for a skeptical best-ever listener who's like, yeah, but aren't I going to have to just pay all this back later? What are your thoughts on that? Let
1: me get in my soapbox on this
0: (laughs) So Time value of money or?
1: No, you got (laughs) two things. No, you've got two things. Okay. First of all, the people say this, the same people put money into an IRA or 401k and they're deferring their income anyway. So deferral is still good. On the other hand, What you're doing is, is you get an ordinary deduction for your depreciation at ordinary income rates. When you pick it up, the most you can pick up is 25% tax rate. And a lot of it's going to be at 20% or 15%. So you've got a big difference there. If you're in a 37% bracket versus a 25% bracket, Would you rather pay 37% or 25%? You do the cost segregation, you're paying 25%. You don't do the cost segregation, you're paying 30%. I don't understand. And here's the thing, the cost segregation, remember, you're only, when you have that recapture, you're really only recapturing the building depreciation and you're going to get that even if you don't do a cost segregation. In fact, you're going to have more recapture. Listen up. You're going to have more recapture if you don't do a cost segregation than if you do a cost segregation. Why? Because your contents and your land improvements aren't going to get recaptured because they actually go down in value, mm-hmm. okay? Now, if you have bonus depreciation, I'm not talking about bonus depreciation. Bonus depreciation, sure. you, know, you could have some recapture. Yep. But outside of bonus depreciation, just your normal five-year, seven-year, 15-year rule for contents and land improvements. Those things actually go down in value. They actually wear out. So let's say that you've owned it for three years and you sell the property. What's the value of the contents? Is your carpet worth the same than you sell it as the day you bought it? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's worth 60% less. Is that realistic? Yes. Are your winter coverings worth 60% less? Yes, that's realistic. So you're not going to have any recapture on that. If you do it right, you'll have no recapture on that or your land improvements. The only place you're going to have recapture is on your building. But you actually have less building now. So you actually have less recapture. If you do a cost segregation, if you don't do a cost segregation, you're going to allocate 80% to a building and all of that gets recaptured at the 25% rate. If you do a cost segregation, you end up with more capital gain at the 15 to 20% rate. It actually, it's the opposite of what people think.
0: It is. That's incredibly interesting and something we definitely should know. And I appreciate you mentioning that bonus depreciation is one benefit of the new tax plan for us as real estate investors. Anything else?
1: Oh, yeah. You probably heard about the 20% deduction for pass-through. And most people are thinking that for the small business owner, right? So basically what happens is small business owner makes $300,000 of income, then they get a $60,000 deduction, just right off the top, 60000 off their $300,000 from net income. Well, guess what? That applies to real estate too. So if you actually, for some reason, because you're not leveraging, you're really not taking advantage of other people's money, and you have actual taxable net income from your real estate, you get a 20% deduction off of that under this new law. It applies to real estate too. So for people who don't leverage, for people who are buying, they're following the administration of those who say don't use debt, okay? Okay. They're going to have positive net income. Even after depreciation, they're going to have positive net income. So if they have positive net income, they get that 20% deduction off of that. So that's a huge benefit to the real estate investor. Mm -hmm. Another one we don't really think about is bonus depreciation on automobiles and how it affects real estate investors. Because bonus depreciation also applies to the automobile that you use in your business. The first year you get $8,000 of bonus depreciation on a passenger car. But if you've got a truck or an SUV that is more than 6,000 pounds gross vehicle weight, and that's the weight that's on the driver's side of your car on the door, okay? It says gross vehicle weight on there. If it's over 6,000 pounds, you can deduct the price of the truck or the SUV in the year you buy it up to the percentage that you use it for business. So if you buy a $100,000 truck, you use it 80% for business, you get an $80,000 deduction in the year you buy it.
0: Section like 179, right? No, this is no?
1: bonus depreciation. 179 limits it. Thank you, Joe, for bringing that up. 179 is different from bonus. And for the next several years, we have bonus depreciation. And for the most part, we're not going to use 179 very much in the next few years because bonus depreciation is better bonus depreciation doesn't have the limitations that 179 does. So what we get is we actually get bonus depreciation on that truck. 179 would limit it to $25,000, but bonus depreciation, we can take the whole thing.
0: Is that a box the CPA has to check? How does that work when you're filing your taxes?
1: Your CPA must do it correctly. So Don't think that CPAs understand this because most of them don't, unfortunately. We're trying to change that. But. Yeah,
0: because well, when you were talking, I was like, yep, I know this, Tom. I got it already. We actually bought a Grand Cherokee because it qualified for what you're describing, more than 6,000 pounds at the end of 2017. So we could get in on that.
1: The great thing is, is you didn't have to put any money down. So the bank lends you the money, and you get the deduction. I don't know about you. I think that's pretty cool is you get to leverage your tax deductions. And of course, if you have a home office, you have a lot more business mileage because you don't have that first and last trip being a non-deductible commute because your commutes now to your home office. So a home office actually has a much bigger impact when you're talking about your automobiles. There is another benefit out of the new tax law. You're talking about 179. First of all, now it applies to residential real estate. It didn't apply to residential real estate previously. And on top of that, for commercial real estate, this is office industrial. This is not retail. Some people think of commercial real estate being because I've got a commercial loan and 200 unit apartment buildings, commercial real estate for them. No, from a tax standpoint, we're not talking about 200 unit apartment buildings. We're talking about retail, back office, what we'd really think of as commercial property. They actually get $179 for things like roofs, HVAC security alarms, fire alarms, that's brand new that you get 179 on those.
0: And when so, you say that you, they get 179 on those, I know what it is because I've done a lot of research on this particular section, but will you elaborate for listeners?
1: Absolutely. So let's say you put a new roof on your commercial building and let's say that roof costs you $300,000 to put on. It may cost that much if you got a big building. You get to deduct the full cost of that. That's in lieu of depreciation. You take what's called a 179 deduction. Now it's limited to a million (laughs) dollars. So the limits for 179 went up from 500 to a million dollars. And then they expanded what qualifies under section 179. So for commercial property, you have additional things that qualify. And for residential property for the first time, 179 now applies to residential property under the new rules.
0: And just so the best ever listeners aren't thinking, oh, man, I wish I could have got in on that. Even though I did buy my vehicle that was over 6,000 pounds, actually for Colleen, my wife, I still drive my Corolla. But even though we bought that prior to the end of 2017, the listeners can still take advantage of this now in 2018, right? Of course, it applies for the next five, six years. So this is really the government saying we'd like
1: you to go buy new cars. That's mm-hmm. basically what it's saying. We'd like you to go do this and we're gonna give you incentives. Even passenger vehicles though, the the depreciation rates for new passenger vehicles are much, much better. So you get an eight thousand dollar bonus depreciation, plus you get ten thousand dollar regular depreciation. You used to get thirty one hundred dollars the first year of depreciation on a passenger car. Now you get eighteen thousand. Second year you get sixteen thousand. You used to get five thousand. So they've massively increased the depreciation cars. This is one place, by the way, where we're different from the rest of the world. Most of the rest of the world considers cars to be luxury items. They don't consider them requirements for business, whereas we do consider them requirements for business. So a lot of countries don't give deductions for automobile expense. We've just expanded our deductions for business automobiles substantially. So
0: if we're not able to or the listeners don't go to your people at Wealth Ability and they have a current CPA and they love that CPA, but they want to get in on this, what do they ask the CPA to do or look up in order to make sure that they are getting the right bonus depreciation deduction on a new automobile that they purchase?
1: Well, first of all, I'd suggest they read Tax-Free Wealth. We updated. We have a new second edition of Tax-Free Wealth. It's out now. Oh, good. Available on Amazon. It's updated for the new law, and it includes a free ebook on the new tax law. So we talk about this. So that's the first thing I would tell them is go tell your CPA to go read Tax-Free Wealth. Second thing I would do is tell your CPA, well, maybe you ought to think about joining the Tax-Free Wealth Network and actually be... <laughs> become one of these guys, we're actively seeking for CPAs who are interested in learning how to do this the right way and, and to be better CPAs. And we just decided, you know what, we're going to give other CPAs all the knowledge that we've gained over the last 35 years. So we're very excited about that. Outside of that, they just need to do the research. If they can't do the research, you really need to find a different CPA. I'm not kidding about that.
0: Yeah, if, that's true. If, yeah, good,
1: if, they good go, if they go and you point me in the right direction, you go, really? That's your job. You should know how to do that. And if you don't know how to do that, you are not qualified to do my tax returns.
0: Fair enough. So keywords for them, bonus depreciation, automobile, hook me up, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Tom, how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on?
1: You know what? Just join us at WealthAbility.com and we have a new podcast, The WealthAbility Show. Oh, cool. Uh, Certainly, i like you to get on the WealthAbility show. I'm actually interviewing Robert Kiyosaki this week. Nice. That'll be out in a couple of weeks. We pre-record them. And we've got a number of guests that are on them. And we talk about how to make way more money, pay way less taxes. So the WealthAbility show, it's fun. It's actually just brand new. And it's been extraordinarily gratifyingly successful. We have a lot of listeners, thousands and thousands of listeners. And we're always looking for new listeners because we, we just want to share what we
0: know. It's a necessary topic. A lot of the time, we focus on making income as the primary way we put money in our pocket, but we don't focus on the number one expense, which is taxes. And that's a way to actually increase that income and really increase our wealth and set us up for generational wealth. So thank you so much for being on the show. We're talking about the new tax law, how it benefits real estate investors. Three things you mentioned, bonus depreciation, one, two, 20% deduction for pass-through, and three, bonus depreciation on automobiles. And you also mentioned some differences between the U.S. and other countries. In the U.S., we actually get depreciation on used properties, which now doesn't quite make sense, but I'll roll with it. I love it. And deductions on automobiles, and you mentioned a lot of other stuff. Thank you so much for being on the show, Tom. hope you have a best-ever weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks very much, Joe.
0: Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. What is square, made of metal, and has half the operating costs of apartments? It might just be real estate's best-kept secret. Learn more and get a free one on one strategy session from the experts at You Don't Know Self Storage. You can find them at ydkselfstorage.com forward slash best ever.